welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 137 for Saturday the 26th of January 2019. And coming up in this week's diary, what have this week's word count and a rocket got in common? It's a double decking from BookBub and lock screen ads and list building, how I've been promoting throughout this week. First though, let's go to this week's word count. And it is, I think, possibly the highest word count I've ever given you because if you remember last week I reported that I'd been writing on the Thursday and the Friday so last week's totals were 5,035 on the Thursday 5,434 on the Friday now for reasons which I'll explain shortly I ended up writing on the Saturday and Sunday so I wrote four days in a row on Saturday I wrote 5,230 words and on the Sunday I wrote 5,151 words now this Thursday so yesterday at the time I'm recording this um on uh what was that date Thursday 24th just so you can keep track of all of this on Thursday the 24th I wrote 5,069 words and then in the past hour I've just finished writing today's 5,033 words so since last Thursday that's Thursday the 17th of January I've now written uh, 31,255 words and I'm pretty sure that is a record uh, for me I think at the most I've ever written maybe 15,000 or so words in a week. It's certainly the most sustained. So uh, that's quite a lot. Um, A couple of things to mention that on the Sunday, I dictated my words. 5,151 words is actually one of the highest word counts, but I dictated. I'll talk to you about that in a moment or two as well. So uh, why did the pattern change? On Saturday, I was due to do a park run. And I actually turned up, I was all the gear on and everything. I turned up in the car park and I always turn up a little bit earlier so I can get a parking space. And I was just listening to a podcast and there's a tap at the window and apparently it's too icy. So they've called it off. And I thought, oh, right, that's interesting because the next quarter is pretty well crammed. I don't really have the maneuverability for people calling off park runs uh, because they're, it's icy. Uh, so I went home and I, uh, did I get, I didn't have to get showered because I hadn't had a run. So I got changed. That's what I did. And um, I thought, right, okay, I can't waste this day. I'm going to write. So I wrote and got 5,230 words done. Um, As I said, it's so tight this quarter that I have to write or I have to run. (laughs) Taking a day off isn't an option at the moment, certainly not in this first quarter of the year. So that kind of threw me a little bit because I thought, oh, I won't have to write today. I'll, I'll just do a run. I'm not writing and running on the same day. Uh, I, I have paced it that way. So I focus on, on one thing. And uh, so I ended up writing that 20,000 words last week, which, uh, which surprised even me. Now, the other thing is I had a blasted lurgy since I got back from Spain. I can't even remember where it kicked in. I've had it for over a week. You know, one of these things that you just can't um, shake and you're not firing on all your cylinders. And so on the Sunday, it was the last thing on earth I felt like doing was writing. So I thought, okay, I'm going to dictate today. Um, so I got my dragon stuff out and, um, it was interesting actually, because I did it while my wife was at work on a, a about a four hour shift. So slightly more 
when you take into account coming and going from work. And I had the words dictated in very little time. It was within two hours, I think. And then to go through it and correct it, I managed to do it in the same time as it would have taken me to write it manually. So two stages to dictation. Number one, get the words down. Number two, go through and correct it. Um, but it took me the same amount of time. So I got my words done by the time my wife was away from work. And that's kind of my my parameter. I, I, I start writing the minute she's out the door and I finish, or I like to be finished by the time she's back. And I, I usually am. So... Um, yeah, I, I, and today's actually the first day I, I kind of woke up and thought, you know, ding, okay, now everything running at 100%, absolutely fine now, uh, raring to go, that kind of thing. So, yeah, just one of these, you know, sluggish January things. I always seem to get them. I'm sure I was telling you this same time last year. It was the same with the run. I wasn't sure whether I was going to make the run last Saturday, but I felt okay on the Saturday. So I was up for the run and I didn't have to do it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I think Touchwood, I've shaken it off now, which will be great because I, um, I really need to be moving me butt and getting the writing done so um my wife's read the first twenty thousand words she's enjoying it what I, what I do um, find is that if i if i've got some lurgy or something like that that i i tend to veer towards the negative rather than the positive and i did have i, think I woke up one morning thinking God, am i writing a load of <laughs> I have to watch my language here. You know, am I writing something that isn't very good? And uh, I had a kind of, you know, moment of doubt. Uh, I think I can't remember when it was sometime in the week. And my wife had read it. She said, no, you know, no, I'm enjoying it. It's good. I'm hooked. Um, because I had said, you don't have to read this one. It's military sci-fi. It's quite a different thing from what I normally write. And she's, she's well into it and, uh, you know, waiting for the next part of the story. So that's, that's always a good sign. You know, I know my, my wife is not all readers, but as a first pass, you know, is this a heap of pants or not? It, it's quite handy to get at least that immediate feedback. Now, having said that, you know, having been on that downer early in the week, I did my, what's it called today? I should know this, my save the cat moment or the all is lost moment. I did my all is lost moment today. And uh, even I was excited uh, writing it. I'm really kind of pleased with the way I set my all is lost moment up in this book. Um, and, and it was really exciting. You know, when a book writes itself, and so having set all this up now, I don't think I'll have any problems sailing into the end of this book. Uh, it just, I just need to unfurl it all now. Um, and there are two more books to write, of course, uh, at, at the end of it, because it's part of a trilogy. Another slightly annoying thing is, is, you know, I normally do these scrivener screenshots to show how many words I've written. And I, I was, because I haven't written for five months, I'm just a bit out of routine. I'm getting back into it now, as you can imagine, but I was a little bit out of routine. And uh, I closed down Scrivener. When, when you close down Scrivener, when you've done a day's writing, it kind of resets all the clocks to zero. So it will have your cumulative word count in there, but it doesn't have your day's word count in there. So a couple of times by accident, I closed Scrivener down and didn't get the screenshot of that day's word count. So I haven't got all six days word counts, which is uh, just a little bit annoying, but no, nobody will die as a result of that so uh, very happy with the writing I uh tomorrow so I, I shuffled my diary um but but I one of the things I did think to myself was you know if for instance I, I shuffled I was supposed to be writing four days this week so I just moved the part run over to tomorrow I'm hoping to to, to do a run on Saturday for the part run and I know that they sent a Facebook note out saying they're gritting it and actually it's fairly mild to it it probably won't be icy but um in terms of my targets, um, you know, I, I'm going to have to count it as actually turning up for the part run. If the part run isn't on, there's not a lot I could do about that. But I just, I don't have the manoeuvrability 
you know, if a part runs to be cancelled and then for me to pick it up another time. Um, so I am actually going to be able to make this one up. And if they don't cancel anymore, I'll still get my six in in this quarter. But um, the writing's just too tight. Um, you know, there's no manoeuvrability in the writing at all, which is why I was so annoyed about having a lurgy because the, the whole point about banging out three books by the end of March is that there, there is no time to be ill. <laughs> there is no time for ice to cancel a run. There just is no time. You've just got to turn up and do it. And so how am I feeling about this kind of rate of writing? I got to tell you, um, the, the problem with it is, if anything, is, is the fact that I, I have to do also three days work, three full days work. And, and, and you'll know that a day's work does tire you out a bit. And if, if I were just doing, if that were my job, if I were writing full time and I was doing 5,000 words a day, it would be fine uh, because it's four hours out of the day. It's, it's absolutely fine. I think it's only because it's in the context of a week where three of those days I'm at work with all the things that that entails. And then I'm sitting down and trying to get um, four days in a row writing done. If you throw into that allergy, it's not looking so attractive. So I, I'm pleased that I'm firing on all cylinders now because I think I'll be able to judge it better. When you just kind of want to close your eyes and, uh, you know, and not be doing writing, uh, it's quite hard to, to get the measure of it. But, uh, I, I, I think, I think it'll be okay. I think the problem is, is the wriggle room that if you had to miss a day, if something came up, it's the, it's the shuffling the squares to accommodate change that's the problem with this it's so darn tight there's 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 just no maneuverability in there so you know i want to stick to this if i can until the end of march i would like to get these three out in rapid succession but when i i think when i plan beyond march i'm gonna have to uh look at an arrangement that just has a few more buffer days in there you know i've always been big on buffer days and writing at the rate that i was doing last year and, and i have done to date it was fine i could always build in buffer days but that's really what i've lost and i think i am going to have to give some consideration to buffer days because you know what it's like real life gets in the way sometimes you are ill uh, sometimes something interrupts what's going on sometimes you can't you just can't hit your agenda however hard you try. And depending on how tight your agenda is, there is no wriggle room. So I'm going to have to sort all of that out. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and get there at the end of this quarter. And then kind of based on my experiences in this quarter, writing like that, I'll, I'll just make some uh, course corrections, I guess. So let's move on to the other news. There's been plenty going on as well. And, and I think I said this to you last week. If, if you're mourning the loss of the weekly interview episodes... Please take some consolation in the fact that I'm getting all this done in the time that used to get, well, used to be taken up by, by doing podcasts. So in the evenings, what I'm trying to do in the evenings after I've done the three days of work. So I, I do a full day's work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So uh, as all, all of you who listen to this who are at work will know, you're not really at your best when you've done a day's work. So I, I'm trying to kind of plan activities in the evening that I know I can do. And so what I've done this week, I'm, I'm, I'm rereading my Secret Bunker series. So last week, I read The Secret Bunker 1. Helen Fasal has re-edited it, put it in past tense. I was doing my final read of that book last week. I did The Secret Bunker 2 this week, and I will do The Secret Bunker 3 next week. And then my editing evenings will then move on to the military science fiction books that I'm writing. So as I, I'll be right, as I finish one and start two, I'll then move to edit three in the evenings and in the spare time around that writing time. So that's how I've got it all kind of scheduled. So it's pretty packed in, as you can see. 
So the way I plan my evenings at the moment on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday when I'm at work is I'm budgeting for an hour of editing time. And then I'm also budgeting book planning time. So by book planning time, I ha- have actually planned out this whole trilogy. And I'm finding that really useful, actually. I, I haven't planned every single detail. There's plenty of room for discovery and you know innovation within the story. So it's cut me that slack. But I have to say, it has been really useful having all the key points in there. And, and like today, I, I just looked at what I got planned for chapter seven and think, you know, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Great. And, and and off we go. It's very nice having that level of planning beforehand. Most the most planned I've ever been. But um, the book planning sessions in the evening are where I take that kind of master plan that I've got, where I've got a, a chapter outline, and I split it then into the three parts of each chapter. So in my Scrivener, before I write, I've always got notes about what's going to be in that particular part of the chapter. So if you want, I know what happens in the chapter. It's really just about how I pace it out over the three parts of each chapter. Because as you know, I, I write in a kind of formulaic way to make sure that the book is is evenly paced and hits its beats. So um, I'm finding the hour-long editing great. You know I don't really like editing. I, I find it difficult to concentrate on editing. It doesn't really engage me. So um, I'm finding this these hour-long sessions excellent. And what I've been doing with these books is I've been opening them up in vellum on full screen on my big screen in front of me. And I've been doing the edits uh, because these are last edits now on what Helen's given me. And, and uh, you know, they're right. They're good to go. I'm just tweaking an odd final word here and there, uh, just making sure the tenses are, are, are consistent throughout. Uh, it's just really a very final check. So I'm doing those straight into vellum and that's worked extremely well for me with those. Um, and again, I'd kind of allowed free time. I say free time, free time that isn't writing across the week to edit those books. But book one and two, I've actually managed to get done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I've done them in the first three days of the week, which is nice because all the slots around my writing then on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's given me time to do other marketing-y kind of related things around the writing and the editing too. So very, very pleased to get that. On, on the Tuesday, on the Thursday, what I do is um, I don't do um, editing on that day. That's a day I'm not at work. So I uh, do book planning, of course. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, constantly give time to, to plan the book and always be ahead and know what I'm writing. Uh, but I also use that to plan this podcast diary. So I've now factored some planning time in for this podcast diary, which I do on a Thursday uh, evening. So again, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting the rhythm of it. Um, and when I go back to, it gives me three weeks then to edit the each of the military sci-fi books that I've done. But that's a rhythm that's working very well. And, and you just see this this vast expanse of time that not doing the crypto podcast, not doing the interview podcast has given me in the evenings. It's uh, I, I'm using it really uh, productively. So certainly for you know this quarter at least, I'm, I'm going to carry that on because it's worked so well. Uh, I'm very happy with the secret bunker stories. I, I wrote those, I think it was 2014. I, I can't remember whether I published them in that year or whether it was 2015. I got them published, some, some, something like that. Um, you know, they took, they took a while because they were my first books, but uh, I, I'm kind of really pleased with the trilogy. I'm so pleased that I've put them all in past tense now. They're, they're a much, just a much simpler read uh, to just read all past tense. There's no, it doesn't sort of jar in any way. You don't have to think, hang on, where am I now? It just, it reads, you know, beautifully through continually now. 
um, in, in all past tense. And, and I got to say, I was reading book two this week and I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty pleased with this story. Nothing wrong with this story, uh, at all. It, it is more geared to teenagers, I would say. It's been pretty well exclusively read by adults. So I, I'm quite pleased with the reviews it's had. But as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, yeah, this is a really good story for kids. I haven't got a clue how to market it to kids. I haven't, I haven't got a clue. You know, not, and I don't want to do the secondary school thing or anything like that. If somebody could magically market that to, um, secondary school kids, that, that would be fantastic. It, it isn't going to be me, but it does strike me what a great story it would be for, uh, you know, teenagers young adults to read because that's who it was targeted at but uh, i've enjoyed the story i i haven't uh really been close to the story for three to four years and, and coming back to it like that from cold i'm thinking you know this was all right for a first uh story this it's got all the all the beats in there it's got the right rhythm it builds the story it kind of closes loops and opens loops all the time it feeds forward across the the trilogy so there's always uh, momentum. There's always something new. You don't feel like you're hanging around with mysteries for too long. As I say, they cl- I close those loops and open new ones. So, um, you know, knowing what I know now, I'm not sure how much more I know now than I did when I wrote that one. Uh, but it, it feels like it pretty well hit the mark, um, that story. Okay, what else have I got to tell you? Um, this week, I who was I listening to? I can't remember who I was listening to. You know, the, the usual round of podcasts. I think it was probably probably listen to Brian Cohen's new podcast, which is very interesting. This concept that Brian's got of trying to get to a 10k month. Um, I was very interested to watch his or to, to sort of scroll through one of his recent webinars to see what his book income is. And I, I told you a couple of weeks ago that my book income had been about, I think I said twenty and a half thousand dollars or something like that. And I was interested to see that Brian's had been about twenty eight thousand um, dollars. Something like that was showing in his Amazon keyboard. And that, I have to say it made me feel a lot uh, better about my performance. So I know I know Brian is doing some very effective things. So for instance, with his nonfiction, he will be using his sizzling synopsis book to feed through to get higher ticket customers for his service. So I know he's got clever things uh, like that uh, going on. But it was um, very interesting for me re- really to take a look at his fiction um, books and to sort of see that, you know, he too, even somebody with a platform like that, um, can struggle to sell uh, books. And he's put a lot of time into those books. I know he's rewritten them. He's rewritten them to market. He's done the covers. Um, and I know he's, you know, keen to get them going. So it's well worth checking out this, this new podcast that Brian's got and following his uh, Facebook posts. But what that did is it just inspired me to go back to my Amazon ads. And actually, if I get my run in tomorrow and I don't end up writing, I'm, I'm just going to go through my Amazon ads again and just refresh them. Um, I set up lock screen ads for in the USA in the in the USA Amazon interface lock screen ads for all of my books. Uh, I just they're really easy to do. They don't involve copywriting or anything like that. And I've just got one for every one of my books. Interestingly, I had one rejected. It was Dead of Night, and I was looking. I thought, oh, hang on, why, why have they rejected that? And I had a look, and they they said it was because it's got a blurry cover. Now. Um, the clues in the title, Dead of Night, and, and the cover is like a kind of misty night in woodland, and, and all you can see is the car headlamps shining through. And I sort of thought, hmm, you know, that that's interesting. I was trying to work out whether I should try and appeal that and say that's kind of what the cover's supposed to be like. You know, it's misty night, car lights, that's that's the effect. Um, or whether I should take that as thumbnail feedback and say, hmm, you know, maybe... I hadn't considered that. Maybe that hasn't got a very good thumbnail image on it. 
Um, so I'm not quite sure what to do about that. But anyhow, I, I've got, I set up, it was very quick. You know, it only took me half an hour, whatever it was, eight, nine lock screen ads. Uh, interestingly, they took a while to get approved. They were sitting there as pending for about two or three days and they've got approved. Um, the other thing I've just done this afternoon, literally just before I started recording this, is something popped up in my Facebook feed about a Calytics report for crime, suspense and thrillers. And it was $37. And I thought, Do you know what? I, I keep hearing people talk about Calytics. I'm having that. That's exactly my genre. So I, I bought the um, Calytics suspense, thriller and crime report for $37. I've, I've had a quick look at it and thought, joy, that's really good information in there. That's very good. I went straight ahead and bought the dystopian one as well. So I got two of these Calytics reports and I thought, right, great. That's perfect timing because Calytics gives you things about keywords and categories and, and things like that. And in fact, joy, I, I learned something within about two minutes of reading Calytics. And that is that I've called my, my, well, I've got thrillers. I call my thrillers psychological thrillers, but reading the definitions that they give you in Calytics, uh, my books are actually suspense. They're not, there's a, they have a thriller element to them, but I thought actually suspense, um, the way that they've defined it in this report describes what my books are better than maybe a psychological thriller. So, um, I've already learned something just flicking through it, but, uh, that feels like two lots of $37 well spent. And I will have a look at those and feed that into the Amazon ads work that I do tomorrow. Um, after I've done my part run because I got a day that's just free for kind of marketing work. I, I basically decided when I was scheduling all this, I wouldn't write on a part run day just to, just in case I have a, a bit of a run where I'm a bit exhausted. I've overexerted myself. Not, not the best day to write really. So I thought just dedicate the day to getting the run done and try to stay alive. And then when I get back, I'll spend the rest of the day uh, doing marketing. And that way also it means I've got, um, you know, regular slots um, for marketing as well to make sure that it doesn't fall by the wayside. So um, I shall be doing Amazon ads on Saturday. That's the thing I got to do on uh, Saturday. Now, here's something controversial to uh, tell you. Um, I, I, those of you who are going to 20 books in Edinburgh will know that the, the final bills were being sent out this week. And I controversially sent a note back to say, I'm not going to go anymore. Uh, and I did have a, you know, a, a big think about that beforehand. And I know I'll probably burn in hell for it. Um, but it, it, it's kind of been a simple financial decision that the, the hotel that I booked up with, um, took the fee, 200 and whatever it was, pounds, kind of six months ahead of time. And then they were coming to collect this 200, whatever it was, um, that they were just about to collect. And for rapid release plan reasons, I kind of need, I kind of want that money in my bank at the moment. And I, I, I need it uh, because I, I want to get some covers done and things like that. You know, I've got plans, as you know, at the moment. And and it, this might be short-term thinking. And as I say, I'll, I'll burn in hell for this decision, I'm sure. But I thought, do you know what I could do with that 450 quid in my account at the moment? Because I can get some covers put on um, my thrillers ready for when I rapid relaunch them. Um, you know, that's money in the pot. So I thought, Okay, I'm going to take a gamble with this because uh, my booking was on um, booking.com, so I could I could cancel it without any penalty. Uh, and I wrote to uh, 20 books guys and said, you know, I'm, uh, I'm I'm going to free up my ticket. And I thought I'll take a gamble on this. And if there's any tickets late and I'm able to go, I'll go. But I need this cash in my pocket at the moment. You know, I laid out 720 quid for covers the other week. Um, and I, I'm just, you know, I've just committed to another thousand pounds worth of editing on so many lies. And, you know, there's only so much money coming in and a lot going out. And I just thought I need that 550 quid in my pocket at the moment, um, for things I want to do now 
not things that I want to do in July. Um, you know, I'm paying for something in July, but I need, I could do with that cash now. I need to, I'd like to spend that money now. So, um, it, it's short termism. I know I'll burn in hell. Uh, I'll regret it. I know all those things, but I just thought that's a very quick way to find a magic 450 quid and I'll have to take my chances with that. See, if push comes to shove, if I can get a day ticket, uh, at the last minute and sort of pay for it nearer the time, uh, cause there'll be cancel, there'll be people cancelling nearer the time. I can just hop on a train. I'm in Edinburgh in an hour from here. Uh, you know, and I don't have to pay the accommodation costs. So, uh, I just decided to take that gamble with it, to be honest with you. And, uh, that's, well, let's just see how it goes. I've also got a son over in, 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 in Gla- you know, in Glasgow at the moment too, at, U- at uh, university over there. So potentially I could stay and commute over from there. So that, you know, there's, there's all sorts of shuffles potentially around that, but, Simple decision, 450 quid in my pocket um, at the moment. That's quite handy for me. I didn't want to lay out money that isn't you know, going to be realised until July. Um, and that is short-term thinking, I know, uh, but that's the decision I made. So there we go. I had to, I had to make a call, basically, before I paid the bills. And, and that was the call I made. Um, what else? Uh, I tell you what I'm trying in the next couple of weeks, book sweeps. I think I mentioned this to you before Christmas. I'd never heard of it before, but it's a book promo site. And, and basically, um, you know, they reckon, I think they give you maybe a list of a thousand to a thousand and a half people from a crime or a dystopian promo. And I think they sweeten the deal with a Kindle paperwhite or something. And, and you pay however many dollars it is to take part. Um, and, and I just thought I'd try this. Uh, I've seen sort of good things about it. I think the recommendation I've seen is not to do it too often, maybe do it once or twice a year. But I thought, mm, if I can get my list boosted by a thousand, thousand and a half, try and get it to around the 5,000 mark, that'd be quite nice. That it wasn't very expensive. And all I have to do is give away, I think, two ebooks or two paperbacks, something like that. The cost to me is negligible. So, um, I've got two book sweeps promos going, one for crime, one for dystopian. Uh, the crime one begins on the 31st of January and runs for, what is it, about sort of 10 days by the looks of it. And then the other one, the dystopian run, one runs from the 18th of February uh, through to the 27th of February. So it's all new to me. Um, Adam Croft has a testimonial on there, um, very positive testimonial. So I thought I'd give it a try and see how that works. I'll let you know, obviously, in these diaries. Uh, I had a second knockback on the secret bunker in BookBub again. Do you remember last week I said they'd knock me back for sci-fi dystopian? And so I, I'd, I'd been a bit gung-ho and I'd tried to submit it for Young Adult, which actually was considerably cheaper as well as about $127 to submit it in Young Adult. And they'd knock me back again. So it's interesting, isn't it? They're, whatever reason, I don't know what kind of parameters they have, but they don't seem to be keen on that book. Um, they've, uh, they've knocked it back, what, five, six times now? Now, I know that's nothing in BookBub terms. People get knocked back time and time and time again. I will keep trying every month until they say yes. Um, but it does make me think, wonder why that is. Um, and, and again, I know a lot of it's timing and all of those things, but it's interesting that they haven't clicked with that book yet. So what I thought I would do is maybe try and get it on a free book. See so a couple of other promos when I've got those new files updated, you know, the new kind of version of the book. I thought I might just give it a, a you know, a repush on some of the smaller sites. Just try and get some, some new reviews, some new activities, some new ranking on those books and then maybe try it again just maybe either in time for my february resubmission or my march resubmission 
on that book. Oh, and by the way, I can resubmit Don't Tell Meg to Book Bub again on the 30th of January, which is next Wednesday. So I'll be placing another Book Bub application in next Wednesday for Don't Tell Meg. One of the things um, I was thinking, I am... Um, I think with my crime, if, well, if I, if I do any kind of rapid re-release, it's going Kindle Unlimited. It ain't going wide if it's rapid re-released. But I was wondering about whether to put Don't Tell Meg back into Amazon exclusive for this book. But, but I, what I think I decided to do is to submit it on next Wednesday wide. And if they knock it back, I think I might put it into exclusive and try to square, square, uh, squeeze reads out of it. Because Don't Tell Meg does well on reads. Um, and I am good to move. Do you remember what I said to you about my targets this year? That if and when I get another book bubble, Don't Tell Meg. And I do say if, because it's not a done deal. Just because you've had one doesn't mean you're going to get another. So I have to also keep at the back of my mind the fact that I might not get a book bubble, Don't Tell Meg, which also fed into my decision about the... 20 books because if I don't get the uh 20 20 books the book bub on don't tell Meg then I want to have money to put new covers on the thrillers and by retaining that money from the 20 books event that means I got money in the pot so I could I, you know I know I can get some covers on there there might be slightly lower budget but I can still get covers for rapid re-release if I don't get a book bub on don't tell Meg. So I'm just, these are all the things I'm kind of factoring into my head and thinking of cash flow too. Um, but I, I need to get so many lies proper edited. That will be the first launch when I start my rapid re-release. And the other trigger, remember, is don't tell Meg if I, if stroke when I get a book bub on that. And I may have to try for a couple of months on that. But I'm trying to get all my ducks in a row so that everything's in place. I'm, if I rapid re-release the thrillers, we're getting new covers and possibly new titles um, on all those thriller books because effectively I want to kind of start from scratch with them. So I just got all these kind of things circling, like planes coming into land at an airport. And I'm just mindful of, of wanting to achieve all of these things if if I can. Uh, what else happened this week? Uh, quite a lot going on. Um I got the Amazon and Ingram Spark proof copies back this week from the Secret Bunker One. So if you remember, I, I last, I did my final edit on it last week, got the vellum files. They're just sitting in draft form, in ebook form, and I'll make them all live when, when I've got all three ready because I don't want to, I don't want you to buy book one which is all past tense, and then buy book two and find it's past and present tense. So I, I need to launch them all at once on the same day at the same time uh, when, I, when I kind of re republish them. But I um, I was getting the paperbacks ready because, as you know, I want to have the paperbacks ready for March the 1st for when the secret bunker in Scotland opens to the tourists again. That's March the 1st. So I was a little bit hasty, actually, getting the, the proofs on from Amazon and Ingram Spark. Part, part of me just wanted to know, really, that the... Um, I wasn't going to have trouble with the covers because, uh, you know, that the word counts were fine and that the spine widths were going to be okay. Um, but I, I went a little bit too early because there are, there, there are formatting errors. I'm not happy with the formatting in them and I'm going to have to go back and address those some spacing issues and things like that that I'm not at all happy with. So, um, I got plenty of time on that. And I have to say, it's interesting actually. Um, I, I do you remember before I discovered Vellum, I used to have somebody actually, um, I went from formatting them myself to paying somebody to format them for me. And then I went to Vellum and Vellum done very nicely for me in the in the kind of interim but I, I was thinking when I was looking at the books 
because the selling the secret bunker shop a lot, I did think for a moment that I might get the guy who did them before to format them because he did such a nice job of them. And that's almost heresy for me, the way I talked to you about how much I love vellum. But I, 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 ju- I might just do that. I'm going to look up the prices and see what I, I paid. I don't think it was very much. It wasn't a huge amount. But it did such a beautiful job of them. I thought, you know, actually, I might get these three done um, by this guy because he, he, he did a beautiful, beautiful job of them. I was very sort of happy with them. And when I was looking, I was looking at some of the issues I'd got about spacing. And I just thought, you know what? When I gave it to this guy last time, he just took care of it. The, pro- the problem with the secret bug, let me, so the, the secret bug has a unique problem in that, um, when I wrote it, it has very lots of very short sections, and those sections have headings. And, and what that tends to then do is it just gives me problems where I've got a heading at the bottom of a page, and then the text on a new page. So um, when you when I normally write, I don't have any of those troubles with vellum. The secret bunker is unique in that respect because it has it's written for a sort of young audience, has lots of short sections, and it and it gives me a unique set of formatting problems for a paperback. That's the only reason that book is giving me problems, even in Vellum. I mean, you know, Vellum's not a miracle cure. Um I've had no other problems uh with Vellum because my chapters are longer and it's much easier to lay out. This is a unique problem with the secret bunker. So I, talking to you now, I've almost convinced myself to go off and just get this guy to, to do these for me um, because they did look beautiful and he took all the strain with that kind of nonsense stuff that I'm not really interested in doing. So as I say, March 1st is my deadline on that. I got more than a month left to get those done. I'm not worried about it. That's what I call a chugging job. It'll be done by March the 1st. I want to send the secret bunker 20 copies uh, of my paperback book of the secret bunker one and i got these beautiful red stickers to stick on it and i want to give them those uh, as a sort of complimentary gift to sell in the shop obviously in the hope that they sell more and order more uh, and and that you know clearly um if people like book one they go and buy books two and three and that's where i make my money so that just feels like a good thing to do in the 25th year of the bunker being open to the public Okay, last thing now. Uh, I last, was it yesterday afternoon? Yeah, yesterday afternoon after I'd done my writing, I had a kind of clear afternoon, a couple of hours clear in the afternoon. So I worked through all the videos that I shot while I was in Benidorm over Christmas. So you know that a lot of uh, the holiday was geared to to work when I was out there. It wasn't it wasn't all sunshine and, and beaches. Um, that you know that they've always been kind of working holidays. They're not kind of holidays. I, you know, you know, I would love to live in Spain and, and do my work out of Spain. Uh, and this is kind of a hybrid that I've got of that at the moment. Um, so we're not out there doing tourism stuff all the time. So I was uh, I was working there. I was shooting some videos of the locations that inspired scenes in my thriller. Uh, who to trust and I was editing those yesterday and I've posted them all on YouTube and you know they're, they're nothing special it's just me with a camera you know taking a taking my own video uh, we're not quite at the budget stage yet where we've got a production company shooting these things but my feeling was I'm in Benidorm I've written a book that was based on real life locations if you read the book and enjoy it these are just like DVD extras you know the author saying this is the kind of bar that the karaoke scene is based on this is the beach where they you know this happens I went up to the cross where the murder happens did a long kind of about three minute video I think there which I've put uh, dubbed some commentary over so it's just the sort of thing that if you read the book and you enjoy the book it's just extras 
that, that you would find interesting. Nothing sensational, you know, it won't set the world on fire. I don't think we'll have any Oscar nominations coming my way. Um, but I, I just felt that it, I, I want to do as much of this stuff as I can for readers. I've now got videos for The Secret Bunker, you know, me showing you some of the key locations in The Secret Bunker in Scotland. And I've done some for, where is it, Burden of Guilt, when we were in Scotland last March. I shot a lot of the key uh, locations there. And I'm hoping to get to the Solway Forts sometime this year I've worked out how I could do that because it's right at the other end of the country but I could do it by flying from Newcastle uh, for a completely reasonable price so I'm hoping to get to the Solent Forts as well and when I go to the Solent Forts I will shoot videos there of some of the key locations too so as I say the best way to describe it is DVD extras if you love the book it's just a little bit of extra content won't set the world on fire you know very basic production values just me at a telephone ad-libbed to camera but my feeling is is why not if people like the books this is the kind of thing that helps them discover it it also helps them uh, you know be more immersed in your worlds it's also nice to see the author there kind of talking about what they were doing in many respects it's like the author notes I'm adding to the books now it just gives a more personal take and hopefully helps readers connect with you more personally as a writer that's really what it's about that's it for this week's diary then just wanted to mention tim lewis who's been tweeting me uh there was the the big question mark last week over uh, which supermarket was tim shopping in uh, i guessed incorrectly i'd said it was iceland i thought it was iceland you can see how, how often i do the grocery shopping can't you uh, apparently it was sainsbury's i would never have recognized that as being sainsbury's from the kind of branding that looked like that had iceland all over it but actually having said that iceland you see, I, I do I do shop, you see, because Iceland have chest freezers, don't they? And that should have given the game away. These were the kind of the upright freezers that should have given the game away, Tim, now I think about it. Anyway, Tim sent me another uh, shot of where he was listening to my podcast. He's doing the rounds on his local estate, uh, going for a walk, and it's not raining. The pavement is dry, which is always good news when you go for your weekly walk. Okay, so in between now and when you hear from me next, I should be writing 5,000 words on Sunday the 27th. I'm planning to write uh, 5,000 on Thursday the 31st of January and 5,000 on Friday the 1st of February. So I hope that by the time we speak next week, I should be on 45,000 words of my military sci-fi book and I'm hoping to finish the first draft next sunday sunday the 3rd of february if you want to keep up with that see if i continue to hit my targets and keep that pace up <laughs> then keep listening to paul's podcast diary because i'll have another episode for you next saturday in the meantime have a fabulous week of writing bye-bye for now thanks for listening to paul's podcast diary make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.